Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Xenothesis podcast. This week we're covering chapters 3 and 4 from part 4, Training Floor of Book 1 Dawn of Octavia Butler's Xenogenesis Trilogy. My name is Richard Acton and I'm joined as always by my co-host. Michael Glinka, hello everyone. Uh, hello I guess, Michael. I guess we're back to normal schedule after the special episode. Um, yes. Yeah. That was fun. I really yeah, it was very it. fun. Uh, an interesting uh, diversion. Uh, Hopefully the listeners of our usual uh, episodes enjoyed that as well. Yeah, um, we're back to we're back to book, our book again. And I honestly, the more I read the chapters, the more I'm scared to actually turn the pages. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's it's okay. it's like you know, like um, in certain stories, you get like those red flags, things mm-hmm. happening, right? Like you know the the. And here we have, you know, well, we'll get to this point, but like, it just feels like the red flags have been raising so hard that like, it's it's like a, you know, floating ship right at the moment, just you cannot not see it. Okay, so you're getting a sense of rising tension. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's it's getting spooky for me, to be honest. Okay. Uh, anyway. Why don't we start out with your um, predictions for chapter three? Sure, sure. So um, I thought that starting with chapter three, we'll get the uh, first sort of groups of humans starting to break away from the main camp. So mm-hmm. from some simple fact is that, you know, um, people considering the fact that how good the illusion that, you know, that chamber is, that, you know, people start uh, escaping or at least breaking away. Uh, and I thought that maybe actually, in fact, Kurt will be the first one to just zip away from the group. Mm-hmm. So that was my prediction. I, I thought that I, I didn't put much because I, I think this is still a beginning because the, the previous two chapters we were just talking about, you know, there was just basic conversation between Liv and Nikanj and then, in fact, what was going on and what the sort of sort of the general description of the environment is. Um, but now I think it's going to start going into it. I thought it was going to start going towards more of um, problems associating with, you know, mm-hmm. le- letting humans go or being out by themselves. Yeah. So we were kind of setting the scene for this new scenario and now we're starting to do something with it. Yeah. Um, and was it, who was the first couple of humans to leave? Because a pair went... Um, we are not told. We are just told that was there was just two men and one woman. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we don't know. So, who so it wasn't left. wasn't necessarily Kurt. No, but, no. Uh, uh, but we'll get to it, I guess, with the summary. Yes. So okay. everyone, uh, chapter three summary. Um, so the chapter begins with the description of what the humans were being taught. So sort of basics of how to survive, as well as building shelter, you know, building shelter, finding food, and uh, things like we're told that you know, like. Uh, they're being taught how to make houses that don't leak using you know thatched uh, roofs and you know building the houses like you know certain um, uh, um, societies in, on our planet build the houses a bit higher up uh, on like poles or something above the river level to ensure that in case it floods because of the rain um, you know the, the the house doesn't get flooded you know it's it's high, high enough to, to pre- prevent that. Um, mm. And, you know, the Onkali sort of, and Lilith as well, was teaching everyone how to get certain foods, how to pres- uh, prepare certain foods, because, you know, the way you'd think logis- logically in certain things is not going to apply. 
um, for example, cassava and stuff, those things need to prepare. So, but eventually the, the Onkali tell the, the humans that they will start to have to provide their own food grown by the guns. Because so far it would be like, you know, like a transition period there, let's say. For yeah. them. So giving them some of the the fundamentals that they need to yeah. survive in this area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean that's a I think uh, it's one of those things we tend to underestimate right? the the degree of knowledge of like the intimate knowledge of the specifics of the environment that you need to actually survive in a given place is quite a lot. Right. No, honestly, it's <laughs> it's um I would say you know, as much I love the fact, or like, uh, I'm not much of a survivalist. Thing, you know, I'm not really that into it. But I do mm. love reading upon and watching videos about like how to survive in wilderness and stuff like that, because it's sort of it's one of those part of this knowledge that has actually been developed over like the whole existence of humanity, right? Mm. It's it's so, I would say, ingrained in us in a way because it's like the most basic of sort of the first thing that people ever do if, you know, if you're out of your house and you have no way to go back, it's the first thing you need to survive, right? It's to find the shelter, find food, find water. And mm. those things, like, depending on the environment, right, you may think you, you know your environment, but in, real, in reality, you're just basically going to die because you know nothing, Jon yeah. Snow. Yeah. So... <laughs> Basically, I feel like this this sort of stuff that being taught, right, is is it's very important, and I think um, yeah, I think it's one of those things that you really only learn well from like someone else who's who's um, doing it. Right? Yes, it, exactly. a lot of the lessons are so specific to the particular context of the environment that, like, I mean, you, you can be you know, as well educated in kind of the abstract of this stuff as you like, but once you're dumped in some particular spot then you need a lot of knowledge that's very specific to that yeah yeah, yeah. um it's, and it's uh it's interesting because it's it's one it's not one of those things that yeah as you said you, you have to have actual hand-on experience on some things because hmm. you know you, you can sort of know how to make sort of basic traps but where do you put them what's the like what do you look out for in the environment mm. and for all of that stuff like you know it requires the actually experience so as i said i was i read a lot about this uh, and watch videos but realistically if somebody throw me in the you know wilderness i'll be dead let's mm. just not kid yeah. ourselves <laughs> yeah i mean that's the um one of the unique things about humans as a species right is that biologically like when we're not sort of particularly well adapted to any given like niche in the like environment we managed to live everywhere on the surface of the earth from like the arctic to the sahara where they had like dramatically different environments dramatically different ecosystems but biologically we're basically the same in terms of the individuals in those places with like mm. a few minor differences um or like you know, people who are in very high elevation areas who have like very slightly different blood, and so you get these very tiny, subtle adaptations. But the vast majority is cultural. But we, you know, it's it's not the genetic replicators, but the mimetic replicators, right? These elements of culture that permit us to live in all of these different environments. Yeah, it's just for me. It's just uh, it's actually a bit funny because you know, there's a, considering the fact there is there are areas you could live that are easier but but humans like no you know 
this place sucks. There's no trees. There's no survival. Like for example, when the story of <laughs> Greenland went, uh, you know, it was discovered, and some guy I don't remember his name. He was a bit of an asshole. Um, he uh, sold that all oh, there's no beautiful land, and when people arrived, there's literally no food, no trees, nothing, and people persisted to survive in there. It's like hmm. just the fact that like people are just so stubborn that they will do, you know, do with whatever they have and you know survive it. It's yeah. it's just blows my mind. Like it's, I mean, yeah, of course, some areas are like um much more difficult to survive in, but there are you know. There were people, populations, cultures that survived those areas and they were like pretty well off, at least, well, pretty well off in the fact is that their whole existence was focused on survival, but mm. the fact that they, they did is just mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah. I suppose in some ways, like, w- one of the more interesting expressions of that is the fact that we can survive even in, like, space, right? Yeah. We have to we have to spend a ridiculous amount of energy and effort and... and uh, like the the people who we keep alive in space couldn't keep themselves alive in space without like a lot of additional help from other people as of yet but uh you know we do manage like the ultimate hospi- inhospitable environment in some ways uh, yeah honestly like eventually yeah as you said eventually there there will be possibility to um um to to uh, for us to survive in space i mean the ultimate sort of i'd say hostile environment Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, but 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 the thing is, right? I believe that we can do it. Can do it, and eventually we'll do. And eventually, we'll, I guess, we'll go to planets like Venus or Mercury. I think Venus mm-hmm. is the one that has like basically the whole like ninety percent of the atmosphere is like sulfuric acid. Is it? <laughs> is it that or Mercury? I, th- I think. Uh, I think Venus. Um, Venus is the one with the runaway greenhouse effect, right? So it's a lot of yeah. CO2. Um, I don't know much about else about the atmospheric composition. Because Mercury, even though being closer mm. to the sun, it's Venus that's hotter. But I think, yeah, I think Venus is the one that has basically such a mm. greenhouse effect that even there is literally like sulfuric acid rains going down. And I feel like some stubborn assholes out there would be like, this is a challenge. I will survive this and we just go and try to survive. And they would survive it. So I don't know how, but they would if they really <laughs> want it. So it's it's only just a beginning, I guess, in the, <laughs> our survivability in the space. But mm-hmm. yeah, going back to the you know, topic on the survival on Earth, I think like mm-hmm. it's it's you know you you can know sort of I guess basics of survivability, but the environment, knowing the plants, knowing the sort of animals, knowing the dangers associated with each environment is so mm-hmm. unique that no matter what knowledge you have about one environment, I don't know if it's like translatable to other environments as such yeah yeah i mean you you'd see it a lot with like the kind of um like victorian-ish era european explorers right they go to some inhospitable part of the world and they dies basically die immediately unless they have good native guides <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah so it's i i find it fascinating and I'm, it is interesting that you no. Know, um that they have to all train and i think to be honest uh, to be fair i would love to i mean there is the um, how do you call it scouts and stuff like that uh that are being mm-hmm. taught this stuff but i think this should be more prevalent thing that's being taught to people right do you uh, think do you think i mean i mean the, the problem with it i think is that it's very uh, it's very difficult to teach in the general because it, it has all these very specific characteristics yeah and i guess it becomes not all that useful because we don't live in that environment for the most part anymore so i mean like 
teach what you can in the abstract and teach a like respect for the fact that you're completely screwed unless you learn the specifics yeah i guess so. um <laughs> i guess so <laughs> but yeah so that doesn't really make sense for us all to learn like the the super detailed skills of what it is to be like a, a hunter gatherer in the amazon uh, true because probably none of us learned, at least most of us would never go there and stay there but yeah, I just mm. thought that the survival skills would be a good idea to just at least preserve some because, I mean, it's one of those things that gets lost over time. There's only a handful of people who do it. It's like similar mm. to like, you know, now we lost all of those like sort of archery and sword fighting sort of skills that people had in medieval times, right? Like there's some sort mm. of re... Um, reimagining or some scriptures that like you know the, they were shown but all realistically it's only just imitation of like what would really happen right like you know we we don't have the hand-on experience anymore there are some mm -hmm. aspects there are some people who try to reconstruct those things but it's the same fact that most of the knowledge that's been like passed on for the, in centuries millennia has is gone now because we don't need it, but it's yeah. A lot, a lot of it is the kind of knowledge that's like difficult to codify and learn from books. Right? Yeah, you, you see, you see this quite a lot in um, in the lab setting, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a it's one thing to have written down the protocol; it's another thing to have um, done it. Yeah, absolutely. This is hundred <laughs> percent to all those who are listening to us, and they're thinking that you know the labs do. You know, they have protocols. We all have this. So, so-called SOP standard operating procedures where you have, you know, like you do this, 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 and this, and this. But realistically, like people never think about this. But like when you do this and you have different equipment, like some labs optimize some stuff because they have the specific equipment and it works really well for them. And then comes down this Michael who asks for to do this protocol and he looks in and he's like, oh, I don't have this machine, but I have a water bath. I wonder if it's going to work this. Hmm, I do this and it just, and it never works. And it's like, is this really working or is this just, and then it's usually blamed by interlap uh, like variability and you can't do anything about it because for them it works, mm. for you it doesn't. Tough luck. Yep. Uh, it's been, uh, was, was a famous sort of replication study with a couple of different, like minor differences. Like one lab was using a, um, like a, a shaker and the other one was using like a roller mm -hmm. to mix stuff in tubes. Mm -hmm. It was getting totally different resistance uh, results rather. Um, and there was someone else, one of them was using like an, um, some kind of acid based, uh, cleaning solution for their glassware and another one was using like a detergent based one and it was totally changing the results so these weird specifics can sometimes yield unexpected um differences yeah i mean like you know it's it's in science when we always try to do any like uh experiments you always need to make sure that you only change one variable at a time but there's just mm. those hidden variables that never nobody ever thinks of and including myself right like you know when you clean mm. your bench or you clean your equipment do you think that solution you used for cleaning isn't going to stay in them right so is it, is it going to be that's why a lot of people like um obviously a lot of waste but a lot of people go down and use like non-reusable things like for example plastic mm. tubes and stuff like that because if you use 
if you clean stuff up and you don't clean them properly or for example you scratch the surface and some sort of dirt or grime gets into it and for example that causes infection or whatever in your samples or whatever it's and it's like why is it this working it's because there's just extra variables added to it and then i say non-reusable stuff but then there's variation even though those plastics are supposed to be you know all the same but there is still some variability and if for example one of them is done like coated or something got into it and it changes your result and you're like get positive and like oh you're happy and then like you try to repeat and never it works it's just like so Mm -hmm. what worked the first time i said this is why, in my opinion, it's, we should be more specific in, in our methods because it, it gives you better debugging tools for when you're trying to replicate it. Yeah. If, if, you, <laughs> if you know what people tried. But at the same time, Richard, it's just like, you know, as an SOP, you read an SOP and it's like five pages long and you're like, oh my God, okay, so I just do this and this and you just skip all of this. Like, it's like sending emails. If the email is mm-hmm. too long, nobody's going to read it. If it's too short, it doesn't have the enough information. You just have to hit that sweet spot. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the, the, I think there's a there's a difference between um, provide, but you, you need like two modes, right? You need, in a lot of coding stuff there's this concept of verbosity of output mm-hmm. right uh right you need you need the 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 straightforward version that will probably work 95 percent of the time and then you need to be able to put on the verbose mode that says ah okay, yeah just in case this didn't you... work yeah i got you what where can i go to find out what to do to debug the problem mm, mm. um so it's yeah you, you need those two different levels of information no that uh, i agree that's uh that's 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 a good point i guess mm. you know but nowadays for at least for protocols like website like protocols.io i guess i don't know if it allows but um like commenting or something like but people now posting protocols there step by step so i guess if there's mm. any issue arising there i mean if there's like any troubleshooting arising i guess it'll be a good idea to have sort of community-based you know if i've raised the issue you know in case you have issue people respond and put that in the protocol as well Mm. i suppose you need something like the um the talk section in wikipedia right Mm. the bit that tells you the discussion about how the thing came to be not just the current state of the thing yeah yeah um yeah. Yeah. But we have digressed. Oh yes, we have. <laughs> Twenty minutes in, we have digressed. Yes, and we're only in the first sort of sentence of our, of enough of the summary. So let's go back, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, really back in. Yeah. So basically, we're back in you know, where the humans are being taught how to um, uh, grow thing. You know, they have to grow stuff by themselves and. Um, you know, there are already some sort of we see already some aspects of self-efficiency, you know, independency from Don Cali, like gathering fruits. We have we know about bananas, pineapple, papayas, breadfruits, but more was needed for like the full independence. And but as we said mentioned earlier, as the humans were becoming more independent, Don Cali would finally see um which humans actually would stay behind. And we were told initially that two men and one woman took their tools and disappeared into the forest. Uh, of course, none of them escaped because the fact they're still on the, sh- uh, on the ship and in the chamber. Um, but um, the Onkali were monitoring their positions via the ship, right? So the ship was mm-hmm. telling the Onkali where exactly they were. And So I think mm-hmm. uh, at some point, I forget exactly where in this, but it's, it's sort of explicitly mentioned that they're on an island. 
Yes, um, yes, sort of. And it, it, it's kind of like a an island in an oxbow lake, right? They've got a uh, you know a loop of what would have been the river has been like um, eroded through. So they've got an island with a an, a sort of slow flowing loop of river around it, and then like the main river mm-hmm. on one side. Uh, yeah, basically they're trapped. They, get the geography. Yeah, yeah, they they can't really go anywhere, but still people are trying. So as they passed. We're told that more and more humans were leaving, and as they did the Uloi, uh, we're told about the condition that Onkali, some of the Onkali, especially Uloi, that a part of their families started to become more and more depressed, considering the fact that humans would not come back, where they would withdraw themselves, sit and do nothing, even at shouted at or not, you know, uh, touched. And it got to the point where the male and female Onkali of those families had to come and collect them. Um, so it's interesting because I think it's um it mm. shows that the fact that you know the Onkali have over evaluated the uh, the fact that you know, they thought that humans would stay with them it's like um I don't know if it's necessarily that I think they were kind of expecting them to yes well I mean we'll get to that point um yeah. they were allowed to do one or because I mean if they wouldn't the Onkali would collect them back but here mm. they are still monitored to, to sort of it's like a final test as Lifle at the end t- says but mm. yeah but, uh, the the reaction of the Uloi though is quite interesting because they they seem to you know they they create this like almost chemical dependence in themselves on the the people whom they've as, bonded with. Yeah, as Nikan said, yeah. it's like if you know the problem is that the Onkali find the humans so attractive that you no, know, it's that's the problem here. Hmm. So I I guess it's it's that attract you know the attraction is so strong that you know it's it causes them to go in full switch off mode. As uh, hmm. I say. But we didn't go back to Lilith. Uh, we we're told that she found her solitude on the top of the trees. She started to enjoy climbing because it allowed her to stay away from both the Onkali and the humans. And she could observe mm. the Onkali coming in and out to collect the, um, the Uloi that were, you know, the depressed Uloi. And considering the fact that more and more humans were living, Lilith started questioning herself as well, you know, like, what if they're right? What if they actually are on the earth and not on the ship? You know, it's like, those thoughts started creeping in uh, in her mind, and hmm. at some point we uh, were taught, we were shown that Tatus comes and tells Lilith that Kurt and Celine uh, are gone. Finally, I thought they would be fair. So I was surpri- I personally was surprised. Lilith also says uh, says that she was surprised it took them so long. And as the conversation hmm. continued, Tate tells Lilith that they're planning to leave as well. Um, and in the book says, Lilith frowned, not knowing how to feel. She and Tate had become friends. Wherever Tate was going, she would not escape. If she did not injure herself or anyone else, she would probably be back. She also told um, uh, Lilith that Gabe talked to Joseph and that he wants to leave as well. The argument then arises about on the fact that they want to leave at night, where there is a chance, and you know, Lilith tells them there's a chance of getting hurt, as well as the direction they're planning to go. But Lilith, eventually from the conversation, Lilith surprises Tate and says you know to her that she needs to get help with her acting because it's obvious that they already thought of all you know all those problems that Lilith is pointing out to Mm -hmm. them and she can stop bullshitting her you know Lilith then well sorry Tate then tells her that even all that plan they will still find out uh, they they will still find out that they're on the ship sorry Lilith tells them and Tate although can't believe that because you know all the streets around them are like 
decades old and you know, and the fact that there's a water cycle in front of rain and the presence of the sun moon and the stars you know all it's hard for them to mm. believe they're on the ship yeah it seems like this is a you know an extremely compelling simulation of of earth yeah we had this discussion uh, before like we all we, yeah. we observed but the fact that they did such a good job would probably yeah. even you know and like even lilith who kind of who, who knows like with a pretty high degree of certainty mm. that they are on a ship right she's looked out the window and seen like the earth moon system through the glass she's traveled around the internals in their transport system and and seen the rest of the ship and she's still like am i really not on earth yeah i guess in this i guess that yeah. sort of um self what's the word um self-doubt uh self-doubt mm. that arise in her was the from the fact that more and more people were leaving right and and she was staying behind adamant on her beliefs but you know mm. it's 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 like the social I mean, experiments i i said before about like an elevator yeah, and yeah. people go in the elevator and if something like this when people suddenly turn around people are like oh okay and they turn around with them even though they know there's only one exit right it's it's one yep. of those things that, that whole social knowledge thing right mm. if everyone else around you appears to be thinking it's this way it's very hard to maintain the the uh, You're right. opposite opinion yeah yeah <laughs> hmm. So it's uh, I I I sort of understand her that she's uh, her um, that mm. she started questioning herself. Yeah, and it seems like she's kind of um, willing to in, indulge that questioning in the others to some degree, right? That like she's concerned that they might like injure themselves in their attempts to like escape or. No, um, it's like basically having kids i guess you know like you know yeah you, you tell them don't do that you're gonna get hurt and they just do it and they hurt themselves and they come crying it's like what did i say you know like what did yep. i tell you it's like you know it's it's the same fact like i guess really mm. this doesn't give a crap about like let them do it learn the truth themselves and then they'll come back you know but if they come yep. back i mean it's a it's a um sort of Classic problem of not being able to give someone else some information that you have, right? She has, like, privileged access to some information because she has this prior set of experiences, yeah. but she doesn't have any means of, like, demonstrating that to them in a way that will convince them. Um, other than, all she can do is just kind of sit there and say, well, be careful. No, but the thing is... <laughs> In your attempts to demonstrate this. Yeah, but to be honest, like, yeah. we've had this... We've pointed this out many times. The whole approach Don mm. Kali have to the situation is wrong. Human, The humans should have been sh uh, shown that they're on a ship. And all the situation should be like... Because it honestly just leads to this, this oh, you know, discontent and, like, this disbelief to all the situation. Like, they're being giving this illusion non-stop. Whereas mm. they should be mentally prepared. Oh, this is to for survive on Earth. This is an Earth. You know, we should be focusing on our honing our skills, how to survive that down there. Excuse me. And I think, I think I'm, I've been trying to sort of puzzle out what their motive is for that. And I think maybe they're trying to um, teach the lesson more viscerally, right? Um, so. It's like you know the difference between learning something intellectually and learning something by experience, right? Either you read about it or you you do it. It sticks sticks with you better. It's kind of yeah. It's like there are certain things that like you, you won't it won't actually be effective at shaping your behavior 
differently until you've like actually gone through the experience you know you can know about it in theory and it might not be particularly effective at actually causing you to do something differently but when you have like experienced it it's much more kind of potent at modifying your behavior so i'm thinking maybe something to do with that is why they end up doing it this way because but then, like just telling them stuff is not enough to actually cause them to change yeah but the fact is that if they showed them they're on an island there's a ship show them the ship show them the you know that observatory where they can see the earth and the moon and you know they're literally outside in the atmosphere uh, or in the space mm-hmm. sorry in fact um would be enough because i mean like there's one mm. thing experiencing something but what would you physically learn from this whole experience because uh, think about this like if if anything happens to any of those humans on that island like if they do something stupid like they did in this you know this prison cell when the guy was just mm. put back into animated sleep right like, mm-hmm. what does th- this person actually learn? What do the people learn? Like, oh, the guy just disappeared. We have no idea where he's gone. He's just gone, right? So nobody mm. knows what happened to him. And he's not going to learn anything because he's asleep. I think, I, so in that case, it seems like the thing they're actually trying to teach is uh, their power, right? The, they're just saying to trust them and that there is no chance of you successfully resisting them. Right. They're showing you and teaching you viscerally the inevitability of if they say this is going to happen, this is the way it's going to be. This is the way. But honestly, I I, I still think it's it's a dumb way to approach this stuff. Like, I feel like the moment... Uh, I mean, there's going to be always those that's going to like... I still don't believe this, even though you punch them in the face with, you know, a fist and they still think it's just like uh, somebody threw a rock. But like, it's... I don't know. It just feels to me it's it's a bad idea. It's it's a bad approach, and it's and like as I mentioned the earlier red flags. This this is mm. one of the things that keeps raising red flags for me. That this whole idea, people now trying to escape them, thinking they're on the earth, or at least trying to find out. And when they find out that it's not, that they're like it's mm. a ship. It's basically there's going to be bloodshed between the humans yeah between the humans between the onkali between the humans and the onkali the, you know i bet that not kurt leading the rest of the group just basically you know like when they find out something they're just basically gonna go on like right on the rage because uh rampage fueled by rage because they were correct proven wrong and even though they will still not accept it mm. it just okay. I, for me yeah. the whole situation is just a massive red flag all this time mm. it's just i don't know anyway and it, it seems to me like um you might be more kind of completely defeated um and less likely to sort of um like try and stroke back at the owen carly if you've expended kind of all this effort and kind of got your hopes up about the fact that you might be back on earth and then you discover that they were telling you the truth about the ship right that seems like it's more of a yeah, but the thing is, Richard, there's a difference between when there's you completely defeated and you see the path later, right? What's going to happen? But mm. there's a de- but compared to when you're defeated and you're completely cornered, right? Yeah. So yeah. At, when Certainly people are the moment, yeah. when people are mm. cornered, there's no telling what they will do, and it's been pro- shown many times when mm-hmm. people are in absolute like point where they cannot go back, you know, go back anymore, and they're just stuck in the corner. They will go vicious. Yeah. Yeah, that is a, a a puzzling approach that they're taking. Yeah, quite yeah. Honestly, I feel like a little have mentioned it many times that this is not the way to do it. But you know, 
will get I guess you know, eventually you know it will bite back uh, in some form or another. Uh, but the fact is, to be honest, the fact that Kurt and Celine left, I feel like this is gonna be like as I told you earlier, the humans, pro humans, and humans that you know just accepted their fate is just gonna decamp fighting stuff. It's gonna happen mm-hmm. sooner than maybe sooner than I anticipated. Um, okay. But let's go back, shall we? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're really on the ball of the tangents today. Um, so I think that was no, no. I, it's on the ball. The it's on the one. ball. But like, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so as we were left on Tate coming, talking to Lilith and Lilith pointing out the bullshit that she, you know she knows already that they already planned it well out that about the you know whole moving away and then the conversation goes into a strange direction. This is a quote from the book. What Don Kali let you see and made you feel? You wouldn't believe some of the stuff Kaguya has made me feel, wouldn't I? I mean, you can't trust what they do to your senses. I knew Nikanj when it was too young, Lilith says, to do anything with my senses without me being aware of it. Tate looked away, stared towards the river where the, ja- the glint of water could still be seen. The sun, artificial or real, had not quite vanished and the river looked browner than ever. Look, she said. I don't mean anything by this, but I have to say it. You and Nikanj... She let her voice die abruptly, looked at the lift as though demanding a response. Well? Well, what? You're closer to him, to it, than we are to Kaguya, you... And, you know, the conversation suggests as is suggesting that Liv is closer to the Onkali than the humans. But the Tate mm. doesn't finish her thought and just ask Liv to promise that she won't try to stop them. Yeah, it's... Interesting, because it's a little unclear what exactly it is that Tate's implying. I think Tate's a little unclear what exactly it is that she's implying, but just that there's this kind of... Uncertainty <laughs> with Lilith, whether she's human or if she's with them or with the Onkali. It's basically, you are you with the us or with them uh, approach? Hmm. Is that the, 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 the nature of her relationship to Nikanj is kind of more uh, intimate or more... Um, uh, possessed of some kind of actual, like uh, I don't know, a genuine element of mutual respect mm-hmm. or something to that effect. That there's a a depth to it that is not present in the relationships that the others have developed with their life. Yeah, which I think it does it makes sense given their. I mean, Lilith history. Yeah, I mean, Lilith has been mm. longer with Nikanj than the other um, mm. uh, humans with other. Well, at least the humans we know of. Um, mm of other uh, Onkali. So it makes sense that she's closer in the fact that, you know, she did help him to go through metamorphosis and go into the adult stage. And it makes sense that she's closer with him. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but yeah. And it makes sense also that Tate would be suspicious of that because that um, sort of uh, affection between Lilith and one of their uh, captors is potentially a problem yeah. like potentially a, a conflict of loyalty as far as um, absolutely the humans are concerned absolutely mm. so um this is where the conversation goes where gabe you know a tate tells uh that you know he um gabe wants her to promise uh that she won't try to stop them if she doesn't go on to join he thinks if you give your word you'll keep it uh otherwise i'll run mm. and tell right uh, I'm beginning not to care what you do and live shrugged to that and just turn around and started back towards the camp, you know. And when Tate realized that Liv means that she doesn't give a shit about what, you know, what they would do, um, mm. she goes and apologizes to Liv and, you know, and Liv goes to speak to Joseph and basically the chapter ends 
um, with conversations between Lilith and Joseph talking about if he he talked to Tate and eventually our argument arises to the fact that why would they consider living uh, considering this is a ship but Joseph says he needs to see him it himself so at the end Lilith sways and decides to join and escape with them and that's where the chapter mm-hmm. four ends yeah and I, I, I think um, as I kind of said before Lilith is sort of willing to indulge this because she expects that they will discover for themselves the fact that this is a ship and that they they sort of need to in order to be persuaded but i don't you know i'll tell you something right i'll tell you something that's mm-hmm. been on my mind in a while it doesn't matter whether they're on a ship or on an earth right those humans that moved mm-hmm. away whatever like they think they can escape on kali you were literally kept by the uh, aliens in a room that you couldn't leave. Do you mm-hmm. honestly think you could li- escape in any form? Or, uh, like, you hope? Do you have any hope to escape them if you no? Know, if they really try to find you, like, I, for me, this is the most mind-boggling thing. Is like, yeah, we need to check if we are really on an island, mate. You literally are were stuck in a flesh-made uh, room. And you couldn't leave, and you saw aliens, and you literally physically were in the flesh made room, and you think that you were moved towards the room from a flesh building to a outside. Like honestly, could you not see the building yourself? Like I, I yeah, it's... but I mean, I, I think it it goes back to what you said earlier of like kind of like children, right? Like we have to, as humans, we have to probe against the boundaries that have been set around us to see how far we can push it no i get this i get this but i just feel like it's such a stupid attitude that like oh yeah let's escape you know and then it's like yeah sure you can escape no mm. but like literally the own kali uh haven't even chased you like imagine the first group of people and be like and like do you think the own kali they look around they think if their own kali are, um are following them and the fact is that they're yep. not it's like mm-hmm. okay so if they're not following us isn't this just like basically they're allowing us to leave? Yeah, it's they're just not worried. Yeah, they're, they're like not... they're not worried that so it should already raise you like alarms. Be like, okay, if they're not mm. worried about us leaving, either mm. we are in a controlled environment or they know we are where we are at all times. Mm. And I see, like you said, actually, even if you were back on Earth, like what what exactly would you? Like, how, how would you do anything that was outside of their control? Control, yeah, like right. They they have this giant ship. They have this high technology that you can't use because it requires like this this chemical interface to talk exactly. to it. Exactly. So and you know that it's yeah yeah. It's like you can this. go traveling. Okay, we can. Let's say you have a guy who knows the geography of the planet. Like it's back. It's his back pocket, right? And. Hmm. They know. Okay, we are here, and like he, it can, he can calculate the latitude, longitude, whatever. You know, it's even though it's probably impossible, but they still can. Let's just try hmm. it. Let's say if they know exactly where they are, um, based on the what Don Kali led to believe them where they are. So the guy go towards the nearest city, and what they find is literally just a jungle, this continuous jungle, and then suddenly they start feeling sick because there's radiation everywhere. But like, let's ignore that. Let's get in reach, and they find it would supposedly be where the city's supposed to be. There's a jungle. Okay, let's go to another and another. And it's like, because don't can't tell them that basically they wiped mm. out the whole planet, like infrastructures or anything. They just left everything to recover by itself. Yep. Maybe they will find some like scrambles of a building and that's it. But like, mm. and you, at this point, what do you do? Yeah, so it's like, you, you can't, I mean, you might be able to set up a sort of 
some I mean, if they indulged you in setting up some small independent semi well, illusion of independent living somewhere on earth you might be able to do that right you might be able to kind of set up a little self-governing area on its own if they if they were willing to let you. yeah but like you can't they they're a high technology civilization right and unless you have your own high technology, high technology civilization yeah, you can't <laughs> like you you have nothing exactly you can hide you can do like yeah. literally you know uh like in the vietnam or basically underground bunkers and like secret tunnels whatever you can do that but yeah, you have to have the kind of guerrilla stuff yeah but that's, like it's still even yeah. if you all had that and you still would not be able to sort of escape it like you can sort of mm. manipulate you know and try to hide but like at the end of the day what good does it gonna be for you like physically you cannot do anything that they literally have upper hand at any way and any position at any point yeah so the the, the only way you're gonna make progress is if you persuade them to let you have some degree of um, independence yeah. because they have all the power. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's the only way to do it is just basically by initially compromising. If you want to do it smart, you compromise at the beginning. Try to push, you know, persuade them to give some independency, and then once you feel like you know, you know, we confirm that where you are, you really are. Um, then you can sort of start building it from there. But like, you know, this is a long-term plan. This isn't your generation thing, right? Mm, yeah. But yeah, for me, this yeah. whole idea of the them like leaving the camp, it's just, yeah, the Onkali is not falling. It's like, it's obvious they're keeping an eye on us. It's just like, how? Mm. Yeah, I think it's just... Um, I don't get it. Like, Yeah, the, the people being kind of a little overly myopic about the world they find themselves in that they're, they're not kind of stepped back and, and gamed out the bigger scenario I, I just for me it's like lack of imagination this situation because i mean i don't know what, what i would do in such a situation maybe i'll also try to escape because uh if it well if it was humans i would obviously try to escape but probably would die in the jungle but like if <laughs> i was shown aliens and they're always like okay assumption is one they have better technology than we do Two, let's assume that actually really are in on the ship. So that's one th second. Let's just believe them for now. Three, if the Earth was really bombed, because it was bombed, if this, this state it is, probably there's not many places where you can survive. That's three. So let's, for now, keep an eye on where we can, you know, how can we survive? And four is that you plan long term. You, you put your head down and then you basically make a plan for future to make sure that whatever the situation is and if there is a way to escape you take the chance but you're properly prepared for it it's like mm. i don't know like yeah i mean i think i think i've probably already said something to this effect before but i'm pretty sure i'd end up being the uh one of the traitors to the human race in the sense of just like uh, i'd be so interested to find out more about the aliens and what they do that i'd just be kind of not paying close enough attention to the kind of um or or having just sort of dismissed the the political project of you know someday having some um element of human independence from this group as being eh. like i i just want to know a bunch about how their technology works and how their yeah, biology I, works I mean, and all that stuff and while i'm still 
you know kind of around to to figure out all that stuff and learn about it and like the the generational political project is something that i wouldn't be like acutely interested in in the in the near term i'd just be super interested to find out about all their tech and their um you know all this uh like genetically engineering their offspring and all this stuff i'm like oh that's really interesting yeah i mean that's the thing like because we look at it more of a science perspective but like it's just for me it's most of like a lack of imagination you try to escape without even sitting down for a second and thinking about it where you at Hmm. what's the point what how you've reached this point and where where do you take it from there right like lack of long-term thinking i think that's that's the Hmm. problem here but let's Hmm. mm, go on do you think that I think that's a, a a realistic uh portrayal of of likely human behavior in the situation do in you the think book? we would i think yeah do you think enough of us would be this kind I of think there'll be short sighted yeah, as we I, I it? think so yeah. because think about yeah. it it's easier to have a conversation with maybe two people right two other people you have 40 of the yeah. or 40 or so people around here right trying to each with different experiences and different aspects right and as much as logical and makes sense your ideas could have, right? Some of them will just say no and just do their own stuff, mm. right? They will like, unless you, I don't know, you overwhelm them with physical power, intelligent power, and I don't know, with charisma, like with all those three, okay. you will, you're not, there's no chance that you'll be able to persuade every single one of them. But I want... It's I would, a classic coordination problem, yeah. right? We just won't be able to persuade everyone exactly. to yeah i would mm-hmm. what i would try okay. is that at least for those people who are willing to follow me in a way at least listen i would make sure that mm. whatever is the situation the long-term planning is in place but everyone else just but i don't know i'd only care about those i actually care yeah. about so this is why i think i'd end up being <laughs> a traitor to humanity <laughs> So I'd be like, uh, I'm tired of this shit. Yeah, that's the um, thing. I'm, I'm going to talk to the aliens. They know what they're doing. Yeah, I think that that's what will happen to someone. Like, like no, I don't give a shit what you think. It's just like, I keep telling you the arguments. You just keep saying no. Then what the hell? Why would I even listen to you? Even as much as my compelling my arguments are, and I could give you reasons why you're still going to say no. So what's the point of me even talking to you? If you want to go, go. Like, it's going to be, you know... <laughs> Either I'm proven wrong, you're being proven wrong, and if I'm like, the, at least I'm willing to, you know, accept that I'm wrong and uh, not like, you know, not like you. But yeah, I think there'll be massive problem. I mean, this is what I'm saying: is this this whole situation is raising me red flags because this is quite realistic of what humans would do, and quite frankly, there's gonna be some conflict later on. Okay. So let's go back to chapter four now. Yes, let's talk about your predictions for chapter Well, my four. prediction for chapter 4 is simple. The group starts their pointless adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, just at this point, I feel like this whole situation is just like a one pointless adventure. And Lilith is just going because Joseph asks her to. And, you know, yep. she loves him and she just wants to make sure that he is safe. Um, okay. So, uh, I, I think that, that prediction was accurate. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> 
So <laughs> we chopped the false starts with the, the early morning after breakfast. Um, Joseph and Liv found themselves, you know, at the uh, agreed po- po- place, but just the two of them, like nobody else is, you know, uh, wait, nobody's else waiting there to get on with the journey. And Joseph says to Lilith that if they don't appear, they'll just leave without them. But Lilith tells him that oh, actually they're just making sure they're not being followed and that Lilith didn't sell them out to Don Kali. <laughs> and Joseph then tells her that Gabe thinks that it is better for her to leave because people were starting to talk against her. But Lilith says back to him that, you know, saying that they're going, actually, we are going to the towards the dangerous ones, not the the ones here. Actually, are just content with what they are, or at least they accept their fate. The ones that you know out mm. there, that's the ones that are dangerous. But eventually, Gabriel, Tate, Ray, and Allison join them, and they leave for the um, for their journey. And as they progress, you know, going alongside the river. Um, the wildlife, you know, starts to annoy them, you know, especially mosquitoes and realized that there won't be any healing anymore from Nikant and she felt that she would miss that. But eventually they had a, they have a short break, uh, where Lilith goes to relieve herself a bit. And then when she comes back, everybody's basically just staring and then suddenly like, oh, we were staring. And so they just pretend to do something. And she's like, oh, and this is what the book says. Oh God, Lilith muttered and more loudly. Let's talk people. She stood before the fallen tree that they either sat or leaned on. What is it? She asked. Are you waiting for me to desert you and go back to Ankali? Or maybe you think I have some magic way of signaling them from here. What is it you suspect me of? Eventually she makes Gabe talk to her and he tells her that they are scared and she is different than them and nobody knows how different. Joseph then stands in her defense pointing out the fact that she is here with them is also a risk for her. Um, but... Alison then asks, what, what is the risk we are? And Lilith eventually tells you know, them the fact that there are no humans were chased so far means this is the final ser- test they can survive on their own. Hmm. We don't know that no one chases them, Gabriel says. No one is chasing us. We don't even know that. When will you let yourself know it? He said nothing. He stared up Riverend with an air of impatience. Why did you want me on this trip, Gabe? Why did you personally, personally want me here? He then responds that he thinks that she deserved a chance to get away from Don Kali, but Lilith points out that he's bullshit and says that he only wanted her because it meant a higher chance of their survival and more comfortable life if she and her skills were there. But it won't work out this way. Not if everyone's sitting around waiting for me to play Judas, she sighed. Let's go. Alison then asks her if she still believed that on the ship, and Willich says, yeah, of course. But everyone else is trying to figure this out. You know. But she already knows, Alison says, Lilith knows this is a ship no matter what truth is. So what she's doing here? And, you know, bit of after a bit of awkward silence, um, Lilith is about to say something, but Joseph, Joseph goes on. She's here because I want her here. I want to explore this place as badly as you'll do, and uh, I want her with me. To that, um, Gabriel says that, uh, uh, you know, asks, is that it? And you know, she says, yeah, that's the only reason why I'm here, because just asked. And the chapter ends basically mm. with Lilith saying that otherwise she would stay in the camp because she technically passed her test, right? You no, know, she, and when. Gabe asks her what grade she got. She simply told, well, I survived, right? And she just walks away. Yeah. And that's where yeah, that chapter... Pass fail, yeah, as the Americans yeah, say. Yeah, basically, you know, like, <laughs> you either survived this whole area or you don't. And, you know, she survived so far, so that means she, you know, she passed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and this is where the chapter ends. <laughs> I, mean, like, I think we... It's, it's, it, this is what I... <sighs> 
you know, like we kept asking me about in previous episodes about Gabe and mm-hmm. Tate, right? Mm-hmm. Those those two that Lilith basically Tate was the first one to will be awoken, and Gabriel mm-hmm. basically um, became partners with Tate, right? Those two, you asked me mm-hmm. like, what do I think of them? Mm-hmm. I think Gabriel is going to be one of the causes of the disaster in the future, right? He keeps okay. questioning things, and he is so stubborn against Lilith that the fact is that his presence is that of like no matter what they do because we sort of skipped this chapter but basically the chapter also said like you know all uh you know it's the whole idea of them between behaving the way they behave towards her that don't trust Lilith like Lilith's like do whatever you Mm. want like I'm here for Joseph and if you want to help okay I'll help you right but I still know I think but Gabriel is so adamant that she he wants her to be wrong and yeah i think we we preempted a little bit of some of the stuff in this chapter when we discussed the previous one um because it's this has been kind of acting out a lot of what we talked about before with they're just sort of not yet convinced and they're still kind of putting on this not quite a show because they don't seem they're not convinced yet but they're, they're kind of acting out this scenario of trying to escape from the Owen Kali and Lilith is just sort of like sat there indulging them in this kind of like rolling her eyes. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like, it's like, yeah. like, you know, Tate going yeah. to Lilith and saying, oh, we're planning to go maybe no, blah, blah, doing that. And Lilith's like, okay, cut the bullshit because I know that you already planned it mm. out and you know it's more reasonable if Duncali says it's true that the whole radioactivity and pleasant, it's better to go south. And you know, all that it's better mm. to leave after in the more after morning breakfast because at least you're not working at night. So it's, it's like constantly probing mm. her you- and saying, like false information just so that she doesn't like sell them to Don Kali. It's just like are you f- Yeah. So I think that, that that whole thing seemed to be just a like a probe to test if, if Lilith would give them up to the Owen Kali, right? It's giving her a uh, some some false um, information basically yeah, the... like to to see who who's yeah. the spy in the environment when you like basically tell different information to di- to different people and see who's gonna Yeah. Yeah I I don't, the the intelligence community have a word for that, and I've forgotten it. But yeah, <laughs> that well, thing I mean, where you tell them usually like you compartmentalize the the you know, the, the network, right? You tell the one person information, the other group another bit of information, but together they know. Like yeah, but you you give people like a seed. I can't remember what the actual word is. Might be seed, but just something to 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 see if that gets back to the bosses. Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, for me it's like and he keeps probing her testing her and he's like you know i i just want to you know he keeps um probing her and i feel like if gabriel wasn't there none of this like walking away would take place right tate wouldn't go on her own um alison and ray wouldn't join uh, without Tate, I guess, and Joseph, I guess Joseph would be like, "Oh, I really want to check," and but he wouldn't say anything for a while. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think he would probably want to go out and find, you know, and, and kind of find something that would be convincing to him that this is not in fact Earth. I think he would probably. Yeah, want I to guess do that. he would eventually. That's why I'm saying that eventually he would. But hmm. like, I think it would be a bit different environment where, or at least an atmosphere where. Um, yeah, yeah. It would be like okay, if you don't like between her and him and Lil, it would be like okay, if you don't believe me, then let let's go. I don't mind. Let's go. Let's grab the, yeah. everyone from the group. Let's go on and Mary travel, and I'll show you that it's not we're on the ship. That that mm. is a bit different. But this sort of probing and this this like 
discontent of towards Liv from Gabriel and this like I don't know it's just the whole suspicion yeah it's yeah, just yeah. like for me it's just gonna I don't know it just feels to me that Gabriel is going to try to basically make take make Lilith take fall for whatever failure they're gonna they're about to um um reach basically the end goal is gonna be a failure obviously because they're they're on the ship um and he's gonna try to blame her hmm. okay so yeah i mean my chapter five prediction is basically that this whole situation is gonna lead them um to meeting kurt's group right like wherever they're going mm-hmm. um eventually they'll catch up to kurt's group and that's where the shit hits the fan okay yep that, that seems uh, uh it seems like a pretty uh reasonable prediction there is that kind of we've got this sort of chekhov's gun of these groups wandering around in the forest uh the possibility of them intersecting seems pretty uh pretty yeah high. i mean like you know if if they yeah. are co- going with the logical information they were given going to south right because from away from the reductivity whatever um they're bound to meet each other because they will all follow the river because that's usually what everybody mm-hmm. does right because the river at least lets you to keep the sense of direction yeah, yeah, and basically, I bet you no. Know, uh, the book haven't said, said anything about finding any um, uh, marks you know, of like of other humans passing by this area. But I feel like eventually, mm. you know, it it is something that um, it's gonna happen. So I am hundred percent sure that eventually, this chapter and next chapter, they will meet Kurt's group, and when Kurt meets okay. Lilith, oh, that's gonna be basically like bloodshed. Mm. So that's. Uh... Might lead to some of them failing the survival Yeah, basically, test. they're going to pass, you know, fail the grade, basically. Okay. But mm. it's just, I don't know, it's just, I, I I keep telling, saying this, but from the very beginning, when this whole, I predicted that this whole is going to be the civil war and everything, right? Mm-hmm. I just feel like eventually it's going to happen, and it smells to me, it smells to me that this whole red flag is leading to not Lilith dying, because she's like the protagonist and mm-hmm. she's like, you know, even though at least like as if, but it's going to be someone close to her like Joseph dying. Because okay. it's just like, it's one of those things in the books when you read and you're like, oh yeah, someone's going to die. It's it's just like, it hits you straight away when you read mm-hmm. it. And it's like, and it's going to someone that like really... Yeah, it feels kind of like... Uh, important to the main character. The stakes are... Uh, laid out in such a fashion that yeah something impactful needs to happen here and it's probably this person demise uh, getting it or yeah. whatever uh, yeah. it not, doesn't mm-hmm. have to be joseph it could be anyone that could be close to her and uh, to live it could be even mm-hmm. tate and then gabriel just going on rage and trying to kill you know Lilith or something it could be anyone that were close to her but it just feels to me like this is where it's aiming at like they're gonna meet kurt and it's gonna be bad okay um. so do you want to uh, <laughs> do you want to make any specific bets on on who it is who might? Uh... Um, I hmm. knowing that Joseph has the regeneration, I guess he would be get badly hurt, and Lilith probably could you know take him away and survive. I don't know. It just feels to me that uh, it could be the fact that maybe nobody dies, but like Lilith is trapped somewhere maybe joseph as well by kurt like and then um 
and basically when she tries to escape someone tries to stop her and then i don't know honestly i I can't really put bets in here because i really don't want to bet on this i would wish them all happy live happily ever after but um i but i feel like that might be an onkali dying as well like nikansh may be dying because something you know they're gonna get trapped Mm -hmm. and then basically kurt going we're gonna sacrifice you because you're not a human and there's a pro-human camp mm-hmm. and whatever. And then, like, you no, know, Don Kali appear because they keep monitoring the stuff. And then Kurt goes with the rest of the humans on the rampage against Don Kali. And then somehow someone actually kills Nikanj or okay. so, or Joseph and Lily. I don't know. Like, but it's there's gonna be someone okay. close. So like the the people close yeah. to Lilith, be that Nikanj or Joseph, are kind of like your leading candidates. Because. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, but, you know, I'm just wondering where, because this is gonna, it's bound to happen, like, I wonder what's gonna happen next, like, because there has to be some sort of lesson out of it, right, there has to be like, oh, you know, what's, you know, we're gonna go to Earth now, right, after this whole situation, but, like, are they actually Mm -hmm. ready to go to Earth, like, because the whole idea was going to Earth with the Onkali to colonize the planet again as a mixed um, species? Right. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, uh, a new hybrid of a hybrid species. Species. Um, yeah. But like, if the humans are so rebellious, the experiment failed, right? Just pull a plug on it right now, because it's obvious. Like, yeah, the humans will survive in the jungle, but uh, they may not survive so well. But like, they will. Um, uh, they will rebel against this whole situation. So what's the point of doing this? I suppose we've we've yet to see any actual hybrids between the yeah, Onkali and so. the humans. Well, I guess, but no, we are literally in the training room, so I don't think there's going to be any babies mm. made so far. Mm-hmm. Um, at least nobody... I wonder if that might change the dynamics. I wonder if that might change the dynamics. Well, I mean, if, if a baby was uh, on the way, if there was actually a human pregnant already, right, then I guess that would even emphasize the us versus them situation mm-hmm. um at that point be like you either you we will sacrifice you for the greater good of humanity you cannot have the bastard children of uh hybrid you know the disgusting thing you know blah blah mm-hmm. yep uh i can see that being uh, a problem so we are on coming to chapter five this whole uh, we're almost finished with this book because it's 55, 6, 7, 8, and 9. So we have uh, still five chapters to go. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, I guess. Well, how how do you think we should split it? Two and three? Three, um, two, two, and one? I think maybe two, two, and one might work well. I need to double sure. check the length. Uh, to no, I'm just curious how it would be because, you know, this book is going to finish but, soon. Uh, yeah, I, it, I think it would be quite good to leave the the last chapter um or the last section short so we can go and do some retrospective stuff in the last episode talk about the the book as a whole absolutely that sounds fun try and keep the actual content we cover at the end down um so that we can uh talk about it more broadly once yeah absolutely absolutely i think it'll be interesting Mm. um to to do so um but i wonder uh yeah i wonder what the next book's gonna be like i'm looking forward to it (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, so yeah up? let's finish up thanks everyone for listening we're a Xenothesis you can find all the places we post our podcasts on our website I was Michael Glinka I was Richard Acton bye bye <laughs>